Welcome to Success Strategies for Dental Practice Owners, the podcast for dentists who are ready to take their practice to new heights. Join your host, Stan Kinder, who has worked with the profession over four decades and now represents practice owners interested in exploring a relationship with a DSO. On the show, he explores ways to grow your income and increase the value of your practice. Expect thoughtful conversations with influential guests who are pioneers in the dental industry. From insightful dental consultants to brilliant marketing experts, from accomplished dental practice owners to innovative dental manufacturers, this podcast will bring you a diverse range of perspectives. Success Strategies for Dental Practice Owners is here to equip you with the tools and information you need to thrive. Your practice's future begins right here. And now, here's your host, Stan Kinder. Well, uh, welcome everybody to a, uh, another episode of the Success Strategies for Dental Practice Owners podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kinder, and I'm pleased to welcome today uh, Bill Mulcahy, a senior executive with uh, Dental Revenue, one of the nation's leading firms focusing on uh, marketing services uh, for dental practices. My goal on these podcasts is generally to expose practice owners to um, leaders and uh, folks who can provide content that will help contribute uh, to their success, however they might define it. Certainly, Bill, uh, given your background, you fit uh, uh, that definition for sure. First, thank you for joining. And uh, I guess a good starting place is maybe for you to share with us a little bit about your own personal journey in marketing, uh, where you started, uh, where you are with dental revenue, and maybe talk a little bit about dental revenue itself as well. Yeah, I mean, um, first of all, thanks for letting me join. I'm really excited to talk to you, Stan, and and I'm excited to, you know, really talk a little bit about marketing in general for dental practices because it's something I'm personally passionate about. I've been doing this now for 13 years, specifically in this industry. So, uh, you know, I have a lot of these types of conversations day in and day out. But just a little bit about myself. I started my career at, at General Electric. Um, there, I helped small business partners manage uh, large government contracts. I got into consulting after that, uh, worked primarily with small businesses, helping their sales and marketing functions really generate new clients. After traveling four days a week, every week got a little old. I decided to take another corporate uh, position with a company called uh, Dominion Enterprises. Uh, who at the time owned Auto Trader and Weather Channel. And I did marketing programs for automotive dealers. Um, they were very heavily marketed uh, back in the, the late 2000s. And, and it was, uh, you know, just something that I really gravitated to. Um, I ended up with dental revenue about 13 years ago, as I said, um, simply because my boss at, at, at Dominion Enterprises went off to start this company. And once he got it uh, going, his name is Brian Burns. He's our, our CEO and founder. And once he got it going, he asked me to join. Uh, and the rest is, is history. You know, dental revenue, as I said, has been around now for, for 15 years. Uh, you know, we have a specialty. We like to say that we're unique because uh, we're not the company out there trying to build 3,000 websites for 3,000 uh, 3, 3, dental practices. Uh, we're trying to help dentists. Uh, group practices or practice groups use marketing to generate patients and revenue and ultimately ROI. And our ability to do this uh, for dentists is really what defines us as a company and drives us in, in our strategy and, and the services that we implement. So as I said, we're extremely passionate about this. Uh, we've been doing it for a long time. We're, we're certainly excited to share what we know with anybody that, that uh, would ask. Sure, sure. And to some degree, you've, you've already answered uh, uh, my next question, but uh, clearly there's no shortage of uh, folks out there representing themselves as, uh, you know, marketing uh, firms or consultants uh, focusing on the dental niche. Tell me, if you will, elaborate a little bit more about what differentiates dental revenue from uh, many, if not most, of those other kinds of firms? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I, as I said before, it comes down to focus. You know, it comes down to, okay, what do you want to be about? What is your marketing program um, going to include? And and a lot of, there's a lot of companies out there that are providing services. You know, a lot of dentists just want a website. Maybe they've heard the term SEO and they want some, uh, you know, search engine optimization uh, done with their website. But at the end of the day, the practices and groups that work with us are the ones that sort of, understand okay i have you know x amount of dollars to invest and i i need to make turn that into patients and revenue and how do i do that and what's the system to do that and and i think our experience and, and our ability to implement that system is really what makes us different you know not necessarily better for any any particular situation i'll leave that up to the practices themselves but if people are looking to generate um something out of their marketing get a return that's really what what uh we're about sure i know from uh past conversations that you and i have had that uh you've indicated that uh practices that deliver higher-end services are particularly well suited uh, to work with you. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we work with all types of practices. I talked to a practice uh, just yesterday that's a, a complete startup, um, but really it's the vision. And to answer your question um, specifically, um, you know, when it comes to practices that offer higher end services, the competition for those services is greater, right? And so when you look at at saying, okay, what are we going to do to get as many patients that are interested in, in coming to us for something like, let's just say implants, right? How is that going to happen? Well, that happens by by following the process and understanding that you have to be different from others. And and you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this deeper, but but it's this this ability to differentiate one practice to another by separating them um, out in the marketplace is, is really going to be the difference in whether they're successful with their marketing and, and what they're trying to accomplish or they're not. Got it. Got it. Can you describe maybe um, two or three um, sort of high profile successes that you've had with practices? Uh, give a little a bit of information about kind of where they were when you first started working with them and what kind of results you were able to achieve over time? Yeah, I mean, not not to name any names, but there, there's a couple that we're, we're certainly proud of over the years. I mean, the, we got our start by by working with a dentist locally in, in the Annapolis area um, before we even knew dentistry. This was 15 years ago. And one of the things that attracted him to us was our personalization, right? Our ability to sort of get into practice and understand what he did. And he was one of these specialized dentists. He was a general practice, but but he focused on occlusion and, and cosmetics and, and really, you know, their overall um, health of the smile. And so what he told us over the years, and, and he's still with us today, is that what separates us is that our ability to understand his business, but also help him to articulate it out to the market. And so, so we were able to, to generate better quality patients where he wasn't a practice that wanted, you know, a whole bunch more patients. He wanted higher quality. Um, so the ability to not only help him, but sustain that relationship over a long, a long period of time is, is something that we're certainly proud of. Uh, another instance is a practice excuse me, that I've been with, that we've been with for a long time. And, you know, uh, the best sort of stories come out of struggles, right? And so we've been working with this practice for, you know, the, over 10 years. And all of a sudden they started struggling, you know, just for a period of, of a couple of weeks, but, but it was significant. And our numbers were exactly the same. You know, we've been very, very consistent with him over the years. But we had to dig deeper and our program allowed us to dig deeper. And, and what we found is they had some changes at the front desk. The person that was answering the phone was not prepared to answer these calls. And not only weren't they converting them, but they were basically just shooing them off. Right. And this was going on for a period of two and a half, three weeks. And, and so by identifying that, you know, helping the dentist sort of understand the importance 
and and getting them to sort of provide some training, you know, and, and accountability in that area, we really were able to 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 turn that thing around very, very quickly. And they actually ended up having a good month, even in the month that this was happening. Um, so I use those examples simply because it's a good testament to, you know, going deeper. It's not just about providing services. It's about providing services in a way that's going to be uh, appropriate for that practice. Um, because when you talk about the factors, I mean, one of the things that you say, okay, you know, of these, these instances, you know, what were the factors that, that made them successful? I can say that, that for any practice to be successful, they really, it, it really comes down to commitment appropriate to the area. Like if they're in New York city, they can't expect to invest $500 and be, you know, the best marketed uh, practice in, in, in the city. Um, so commitment appropriate to the, to the um, area involvement in the process, you know, some dentists don't want to be involved at all. And the more involved that they are and the more desire they have to make their investment um, help them, uh, the more success they're going to have. And then finally, accountability. Um, in the story I just used, you know, it's, it's being accountable and keeping the people accountable for, for converting opportunity or or taking pictures or doing the things that other dentists are doing to be successful is really what what separates some dentists from the from the others is is their understanding that I need to to do the work or I can't expect to be just like this guy or better than this guy over here right so right it sounds like you're you're almost an operating partner in that you go beyond simply designing and implementing uh, marketing uh, programs. It's you help the, uh, the practice sort of understand how to best leverage whatever it is that their uh, marketing is delivering in terms of uh, pay, new patient opportunities. Yeah, I would agree to that. Um, but I will also say that I get, I've gotten a question over the years, you guys sound like consultants. Right. And we're not consultants. Uh, we work with consultants all the time and with to help practices. But what we do have is, number one, an understanding of the industry and experience and, and seeing, you know, the things that practices have struggled with over the years. And number two, we have the ability to, to really, um, uh, you know, dig deeper because we're compartmentalizing almost what needs to happen for them to have success and go, okay, here's what you're not doing well, or here's what you're not doing well, or here's where you fit in, in the market compared to others. And this do to get you um, higher up there. So, so yes, we, we dig much deeper, but we're a program related company that has a system that allows us to do that. Sure. Sure. Is there any sort of, kind of a core or standard approach to what you feel are the essential elements of a marketing program for any practice? And now you're getting into my hot button here. You know, um, <laughs> yes, I, I, I absolutely do. And and one of the things that we we um, we talk about is is that the elements implemented should be different based on the size, the experience, you know, the, the commitment of the practice, right? Like you hear all kinds of terms out there and I'm sure we'll get into it and in, in, as we go, but, but regardless of the size of program or how much money you're investing, it really comes down to what we call the stages of mar marketing achievement, right? And what this is for us is it's a simple blueprint. Um, some would say it's common sense, but what it allows us to do is compartmentalize what needs to happen for a practice to generate new patients and revenue and ultimately uh, achieve a, a strong ROI. And that's really this. It's awareness, uh, connection, and conversion. All right. Awareness is, is really creating an audience. Right. If I'm a, if I'm giving a speech or, or we're doing a podcast and there's no audience to, to hear the podcast, we could do the best podcast in the history of podcasts, um, but it's, it's not going to be worth much because nobody saw it. So you have to have a strategy to, to, to create an audience. The second is connection. 
And this is this gets in the brand. It gets into okay, you have two, three, five, fifty practices in one area. Why is a, a patient going to select one practice versus another? And this gets into you know what are you putting on your website? What is the messaging? Who are you? Why are you different? You know, show us examples. Show us um, the work. Show us who your patients are, and and that contributes to the overall selection. And then it's conversion. Right. It's conversion. What if I'm if you're generating 100 opportunities in a month, how many of those opportunities are turning into a patient and ultimately revenue? Are you able to treatment plan? Are they the right types of patients? You know, what is what is happening to this opportunity once it's being done? And what I've found over the years, especially early on, is practices fall short at one at least one of these three things, sometimes all three but at least one of, of three things. Sometimes I, I come into a practice that does a lot of pay-per-click and, and rank number one for everything. And, and, and they're doing email marketing, they're on social media, they're doing everything they can do. But ultimately that's just creating an audience. They're not creating any differentiation and they have no idea what's happening to these leads when they come in. So, so if, if you have a situation where a office is not prepared to convert opportunity that's being generated it's almost like when i was a kid watching reruns of of i love lucy when the when the conveyor belt goes super fast and she's trying to eat the chocolate and and all everything's falling on the floor you know you're better off having a slow steady influx of leads that with a good system in place and all this stuff coming in that just drops off you cannot spend a bad process right and and so so essentials to marketing and the, in, in the system that, that you have in place needs to address these areas. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I guess implicit in what you're describing is, you know, a starting place is maybe some level of diagnostic effort to understand, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what the practice is doing, what's working, what's not working <clears throat> and what needs to be modified there. Uh, or fixed or added, I guess, uh, to some degree. Yeah, I mean, um, having the mechanisms in place to be able to, to to say, okay, what's going well and what's not going well is extremely important. Um, so when you're looking at when when you're looking at a specific practice, if I were to, you know, be talking to a, a friend of mine that that is a uh, that I or a person I just met that's a dentist at at a party, and they said, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this or that, you know. I don't know why I'm struggling. I would start to ask some questions around, okay, well, what are you doing? I mean, do people know about this practice? You know, how established is it? You know, um, you know, and awareness isn't just what you would see as traditional marketing. Awareness could be as simple as I have a storefront um, building on a, on a busy street, right? Drive, people driving by and seeing your sign is awareness. You know, so so it's not just oh, am I number one on Google? Um, it could be as simple as as you know, how are people in the in the community finding out that we're here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've been in the business long enough. I'm sure you're you're aware of uh, Jay Geyer and the Scheduling Institute. Been a lot of surveys that suggest, and the average dental practice as much of as a third of the inbound calls either don't get answered at all or don't get answered appropriately. So if you're spending dollars to generate those calls and, you know, one out of three is not getting handled uh, appropriately, it's, uh, it's clearly a process that's uh, um, broken or underperforming uh, to some degree in, in most practices. And I have a lot, a lot of respect for the Scheduling Institute. I have a lot of clients that, that use them and, and clients that use them. I'm happy when our <laughs> clients are using some sort of training company to help them answer the phones because it makes the marketing more successful because it is of the program. Um, you know, there's other companies out there, you know, that, that we work with as well. Uh, All-Star Dental Academy and some of the things that they do on, online is certainly another one that, that, that comes to mind, I see. But regardless of the approach that you use on the phone, regardless of, of how 
you're going to or who you're going to use and how you're going to go about it. The idea is a system needs to be in place that says, okay, what is happening to, to opportunity when it comes in? And, and that starts with the phone, but it also gets in the lead follow-up. Sure, sure. I don't know if uh, I have read or uh, followed Dan Kennedy at all. Uh, Dan is one of the most brilliant marketing minds ever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about really... Um, when it comes to marketing, trying to build on sort of core principles and not fall into the trap of what he describes as the next shiny object. And uh, certainly in today's world, there's a lot of people that saying, you know, that if you're not out there in the social media platforms, like doing Facebook advertising, Instagram, TikTok, those kinds of things, then you're not really marketing appropriately. Um, what's your kind of view on on that and how those different things fit, uh, say, as compared to more traditional things like direct mail, uh, print advertising, some of that kind of stuff? Well, I couldn't agree more that getting down to core principles is the most important thing and uh, understanding, okay, why are you doing something is, is important. And what I would say is that an effective marketing plan, and, and when you talk about um, different services, the question really needs to be, how does this going to fit into my marketing plan? And if you're generating a sufficient audience, and you have to ask your que- that question, Am I even generating sufficient audience right now with what I'm doing? If you're not, you really should boil down into what has proven to, to work over the years and, and start with that, right? I love TikTok. I love Instagram. I love, love social media. And I think they all have their place. But if I have a client that comes to me and says, okay, I'm just starting my practice or I'm struggling to get new patients, the first thing I'm going to tell them is let's look at your website. Let's look at your lead follow-up process and what's your presence on Google look like, right? Um, because Google still is going to be represent the low-hanging fruit because what makes Google unique from, from others uh, ways of marketing, even traditional print, is with those forms of marketing, I can sort of target a demographic, right? And I can say, okay, these are the people that that I want to show my brand to or show or give them a message. But the unique thing about Google is, is Google represents people that are actively searching. Now, you don't know who is actively searching. They might not be the best fit for your practice, but you do know that, that they are doing a search. And if they're doing a search for something like implants or, or cosmetic dentistry, you know, inherently, by definition, they're probably in the market. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. demand becomes very, very important and, and, and understanding, okay, well, let's go with the demand is first. And if I sort of saturated that, then let's get into some of these other things. Brand yeah. building then becomes another question is, you know, when you look at TikTok or, or, or Facebook or, or Instagram, you know, it, they're tremendous brand building um, tools. Right. But the question is, Am I generating patience from that and how much money am I willing to and, and how much time and money am I re- willing to invest in brand building? All right. right. And, 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 and how valuable is that to my practice? And, and so, you know, the come full circle with this question is if you want to, if you see these things out there, you really have to understand what place they have within your practice, in your marketing um, program and sort of prioritize, okay, you know, Am I more interested in brand building or getting new patients? If I'm interested in getting new patients, let's focus on that first and then start to build our brand over time. So so I usually stage our programs and say, okay, stage one, we're going to do this and block and tackle really well. Stage two, we're going to get a little bit more into our brand and really start to to focus on the cases that we're building. And and in stage three, we're going to start to pump our brand out there because in order to have an effective TikTok or effective uh, Instagram or Facebook, you really need to have resources, right? You need to have videos and and photography and patient and before and after examples. If you don't have this, you're just posting today's National Toothbrush Day and nobody cares about that. So, um, So you really, you know, it's a bigger question. It's a bigger thought. And it's not as simple as, oh, 
you know, everybody's on TikTok or everybody's on Instagram. We got to go to that. So yeah. Um, yeah. while everything is so why everything has their place, I would say that that you really need to to have a plan to implement it properly. Right. Right. It's long been my experience that practices that focus on a specific audience, whether it's, uh, you know, related to the type of problem they're experiencing or uh, the type of treatment that they're seeking, tend to be more successful than those that sort of take an undifferentiated approach to the market, you know, and try to be all things to all people. It's, uh, I read a, an article some time ago about a, a, a practice that focused on recently divorced professional women um, in terms of delivering cosmetic services. And they were able to identify how to um, reach that market in terms of their messaging. And they found that that particular type of person had a, a high appetite and interest in cosmetic dentistry and, you know, essentially tripled uh, uh, the uh, the volume of the practice um, uh, once they took that kind of, uh, of an approach. How do you, how do you sort of feel about the sort of the, the differentiation question? First of all, knowing your your patient base is is extremely important, and knowing what you want to want to do is extremely important. Um, there's many focuses of uh, of practices that we work with, and certainly, you know, we have practices that are the you know more generalized. Uh, we have some practices we work with that are more generalized and and kind of want to get as many patients in as possible, and they play the volume game, right? Um, as you start to, as we've seen uh, uh, dentists, you know, sort of elevate their career, uh, you know, get more mature and, and you start to see this, this specialization. Now, you know, this isn't talking about specialists in particular, but, but it comes down to, you know, what kind of, what do you like to do? Right. When you come in in, in, in in all day, you just want to do general drill and fill type work in bread and butter dentistry, or do you want to get into something else? And and so you have a lot of our clients that are specific. They really want to focus on Invisalign or they really want to focus on implants or restorations, TMJ. All these things are viable services that people are very, very interested in. Once you identify what you like to do. Right. And what you want your focus of the practice to be, your marketing approach should include that. You know, what I would say about the example you gave is it's a wonderful example. Um, but and it's something it's not unlike something we, we would run as a program within our, our structure. But also, you know, based on the size of the practice and based on the needs of the practice, you also have to have you also need to fill the chairs. Right. right. And so what I would say is in most cases, unless it's a very small sort of um, niche practice, in most cases, you have to have a multi-pronged strategy that says, OK, we're going to fill the chairs this way and we're going to get the types of services that we're looking to get that way. And so sort of for, um, to answer your, your question or to complete the answer to your question, I would say what you specifically described is extremely important to get the bigger cases or get the specialized or get the specific types of cases that they want to do. But you also sort of, again, back to this theory of has it fit within marketing plan, you have to sort of integrate it into your overall approach. Right. Right. And going to something you said earlier, um, I, some years ago, I was working with a, uh, a group practice that had six offices, and they decided they wanted to focus on implants. And so they they built uh, sort of a, a web-driven approach, built kind of on the premise that a significant number of people either know or believe that they need an implant. And so they're out there searching on the web trying to determine where's the best place for them to go. And the practice basically took a little bit of a, a price-driven strategy and, and said, A, we're extremely capable at this, and B, we offer it 
at a very competitive fee compared to most practices. And they tripled their implant volume uh, their first year with that approach, kind of on the premise that someone that's interested in implants is out there looking for the place to go. And so, you know, if they baited their hook, so to speak, and cast it into the stream of folks looking for implants, they would uh, um, obviously be more successful than otherwise might be the case. And they, in fairly short order, had people driving from out of state to come in and get these very large cases done. I agree wholeheartedly with um, that. And, and we see that all, all the time. I mean, for the bigger cases, like when, when we start to talk about creating a marketing strategy, people are only willing to drive so far to get their teeth cleaned, right? That comes down to, to in a lot of cases, to establishing a brand within your immediate area, right? When you start to talk about implants, all in four cosmetics, even Invisalign, and you, it, it comes down to this emotional feeling that this practice can do something for me that others can't. And sometimes that comes down to, you know, positioning of price, but most of the time it comes down to the quality of work being done. And right. so that gets into this, this ability to differentiate, right? And it gets in, in, into this idea that how do you differentiate a practice? And, and when we work with practices and we start to talk about how do you differentiate, it really comes down to the dentistry being done at the practice and the patients within the practice. You have to make it about that. Right. And so what I mean by that is you have to show your work. You have to show examples of your work. And, and it, ideally, it should be tied into an actual person. Right. Um, we see the results uh, on websites. We see time on page. And, and when we see clinical before and after is before and after teeth, it gets very little traction. Right. And regardless of how good the dentistry is, people don't really see it, nor can they sort of make the mental connection that that's a real person that got these teeth. They're not just two teeth sitting out there. So when we start to say, OK, what are we going to do to take that a step further? Now we, we put a picture of Stan on, on the website and maybe we don't put his before, um, you know, a, a direct a picture of him with his before smile, maybe we put his, his before teeth um, underneath him with the after teeth with his new brand new smile. And we say, you know, Stan received three, three implants, right? And now like a person can identify in it with that person and say, hey, that person seems somebody like me, you know, and, right. and right. what I would need or somebody like my uncle that I would need or, or whatever, you know? And so when you start to, to look at, um, how to get those sort of cases, you have to really start establishing yourself as different. And if you do, people will drive, like you said. I mean, the trouble that we have really is that you have practices out there, not trouble, challenge. The challenge that we have is there's practices out there at multi-levels of their acceptance of marketing. Um, 13 years ago, when I started this, half the people that I would walk in their office to talk with, I had to explain to them what marketing is and why it's important because it was sort of taboo within the industry. But yeah. as, as more dentists started popping in the industry and more dentists started to embrace marketing, what happened was cases that they used to get through referrals, cases that they used to get through, you know, a family member that, that, you know, sent somebody uh, to them just because they're a, a good dentist weren't happening as often and more and more you'd hear stories. oh I see you just got a I see you just got you know a smile makeover um, we could have done that for you <laughs> oh well I didn't think you were a cosmetic dentist you know and, right. and this guy I saw this ad for a cosmetic dentist and I went over to him and and so when that started happening, sort of the, the embracing of marketing, you know, it really started to take in, in, into effect. And unfortunately, you have some people that are extremely aggressive and some people that, have, you know, are sort of dabbing their toe in it. And there's this delta here. And, and what, what people have to understand is if they want to get into this concept of, hey, I want dental uh, implants from outside of my area. They really have to understand, okay, what's being done to get that 
and start to implement that at, at, at itself. And, and it really needs to be baby steps, right? They need to say, okay, okay, I'm going to do this first. I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to do that, that otherwise it becomes overwhelming and too big of a project. Right. Right. I, I have, uh, you know, as you know, I've worked with, uh, several different DSOs, uh, as a senior executive, uh, in the past. And I've always felt that marketing programs needed to be accountable, that there needed to be a measurable result. And, you know, you've talked a lot about, yeah, it's, it's what matters in the end is the revenue that it produces. And yeah. I've seen people, uh, sort of, well, you know, we got so many page views or so many clicks and as a measure of marketing success and that doesn't move the needle in my mind i one of the other things that i frequently see is a lot of dentists if they don't get a fairly immediate return you know if i spend x number of dollars in my marketing program i need to get y number of dollars in revenue in the first three months six months whatever the case might be very few dentists i think sort of uh think about or appreciate the concept of the average lifetime value of a patient in their practice. So it's not necessarily the dollars that are generated in the first 30, 60, 90 days, but really what's the value of that patient over the tenure of their relationship with you on an average basis. Um, speak to me, uh, if you will, a little bit about accountability, how best to measure it and this concept of average lifetime value and um, if and how you talk to your clients about that. I think it's a great question. There's a couple of good ones in there. And, and before I answer it, I think it's important to understand that me or no other marketing uh, company or person out there has a secret light switch that we can turn on for, for practices that isn't being turned on right now. It all comes down to the general principles that are applied and the willingness to follow, uh, willingness to put your focus in what, what we as dental revenue would determine as the right things, right? So we believe that, you know, nobody makes an investment not to get a return. Right. You don't just want to throw your money away. You don't just want to feel like like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing a whole bunch of this and it's not really getting me anywhere. And that could be, you know, five hundred dollars. It could be five thousand dollars. You want to you want to have some system of understanding of of, OK, what's important and what are we tracking here? Um, so. So what I would say is that the focus always should be on your return and our clients in the first year generate between a five and ten times return on their investment. And, and when you talk about, okay, what's the value of a patient or, or what's important when you look at, you know, the revenue generation, what well, we always focus on, and there's a lot of good formulas for total value of patients, but for us, we want to get down to individual, right? We want to get down to the specific cases that are being generated by marketing. And, and what we found is number one, you have to look at this as an annual basis because it's, it's sales generation, right? You're generating a lead that leads calling that that call turns it ultimately turns into uh, an opportunity. That opportunity gets a treatment plan and you go from there. So what we like to do is say, OK, you know, we're going to get you new patients. Those patients are going to come in. You may do a console or a cleaning, but then we're going to track those um, patients over time and see what they're what revenue they generate. So that could be a month down, it could be a week down the road, they get an implant, it could be a month down the road, it could be six months down the road, but you need to say, okay, you know, I have now tagged this client as a marketing uh, patient, right? And then I'm gonna follow this client over time and track the revenue he generates. So that becomes, and we do that through integration. We integrate with the patient management software. Uh, in some cases, we just a data match through um, uh, spreadsheets. Whatever method the practice would like, we can do. But we want to track it and say, okay, you know, this is what we're following. The other way that that we like to follow it is by the impact on new patients and revenue. Right. So, you know, you have a lot of people calling in and saying, hey, I, my aunt Susan recommended me or this person did that or that person did that. 
what we want we want to show is not only return on investment but growth right so so day one you know we're we're going to look at okay what was your new patients and and production revenue for september of last year right and then and and then we want to say okay since implementing the marketing program what's september of this year and then start to go back and do this comparison and clients that we've worked with a long time we actually do year by year comparisons to say okay new patients and revenue are we growing all right and for us you know we're always looking at the the points and so roi focused on integration to see what cases you're actually bringing in over time is is number one and number two is uh, historical increase in new patients and revenue. Are you increasing? Are, is your practice growing? Is number. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those are um, extremely healthy ways to uh, approach it. And uh, you know, if a practice is spending dollars in marketing and not measuring the outcomes in those kinds of ways, it's uh, you know, my question is, how do you know whether or not it's working or not working? And uh, it's really got to be about being able to measure discrete outcomes. And I'll sort of put it back into the context of what I, what I introduced earlier, which is the stages of marketing achievement, building an audience, making a connection, getting a conversion. You know, like when you look at the data out there and, and somebody shows you visits, right? That's a good indicator that you're creating an audience. If your visits went from 500 to 1,000, right? Your audience is bigger. Right. But then you got to get past that. That's just an audience. That's not a new patient. That's an audience you're creating. Right. So then you got to get past that and you got to say, OK, well, of those visits, how many of those uh, either called or submitted a form? And, and so you need a track phone number. You need at least one track phone number that says, OK, this is a new patient line and people can can call this new patient line if they come to my website to schedule a new new patient opportunity. And, and so, so that gets into the ability to track the connection rate, right? And there's a, some other ways we can do it, but that's the core way. And then finally, okay, what is happening on these phone calls? And so that's why you need to record the calls, right? That's why you, in a HIPAA compliant way, but you need to record the calls. You need to sort these calls into to outcomes and, and, and you need to understand, do I have a problem? Do I have a, a lead follow-up problem? Do I have a, a call answering problem like we talked about earlier? And is my office, at least at an average level, able to take opportunity and convert them? All right. If those three things are happening, then you get into, okay, now that we have people in, are they getting um, the services we want them to get? Am I, is this investment turning into more new patients and revenue for me month, month after month? So it's sort of like every statistic or every data point has its place, right? And everything other than my practice is growing are just performance indicators. They're not yeah. the end game, right? Yeah. So um, only a couple things left to address here before we uh, wrap things up, Bill. Um, going back to Dan Kennedy again, he talks a lot about the tension between direct response and brand building. And in my experience, uh, many dentists, if not most, kind of focus a little bit on the brand building thing because it feeds, I think, uh, ego needs to some degree. Mm -hmm. You know, people see me and, and uh, know me, you know, that's a win. As opposed to, you know, drilling down to that discrete measurable outcome that we talked a little bit earlier. Uh, Kennedy obviously is a proponent of direct response versus brand building. Um, you've talked about, uh, you know, sort of depending on where the practice is in their life cycle, probably some mix of both may uh, make some sense. Speak to that a little bit uh, for me, if you will. So when you talk about brand building in this industry in particular, it's extremely important because you have a lot of dentists out there that want to show their work. But some of the hard questions I ask of, of dentists is who are they showing their work to? Are they showing it to the patients or are they trying to show it off to others? And I think the answer is people were truly 
uh, honest with themselves with sometimes they're just putting the work up to, to, to show to other dentists because they're putting clinical before and afters up. They're putting some very nice work up there, but it's not serving a function. So I think brand building um, is something that's extremely important to get a better direct response in that you have to start to populate your website or your marketing um, elements with real patients and real work and real real testimonials but you know everything really should drive around okay what am i trying to get out of this all right am i willing to invest a couple thousand dollars just to to have you know a bunch of nice pictures a good website and uh some social media out there or do i want new patients what is my desire and so so if my desire is new patients if my desire is to grow you got to start with with direct response and, and understand how brand building fits fits in with that, because to me it's about the outcome, right? Yeah. But that's not to say I, I mean I've had clients and I have clients over the years that come to me and say I don't want more new patients than I'm than than I have today, right? I have plenty of new patients. What I'm looking for is more quality patients, and at that point you really have to get into okay. Let's build your brand. Let's get people to see you as different as much as we can. So I think, again, and, and I've said this in, in multiple ways uh, on different uh, at different levels with different questions, is everything kind of has, has its place. But you got to understand where that fits in for you as an individual, as an individual practice and, and use that sort of knowledge to to implement correctly. Yeah, yeah. As we uh, wrap things up, Bill, I'm going to uh, ask you two questions. One is any final thoughts that you'd uh, you'd like to share, and then secondarily, and perhaps most importantly, if a dentist wants to get in touch with you and and or dental revenue, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, first and foremost, I'd I'd be willing to talk to anybody that would want to know more about dental revenue or even want to know about marketing. It's something I'm passionate about. I'll certainly be able to to answer questions and and help people along the way. Um, You can reach me, I guess the easiest way via podcast would be to just say bill at dentalrevenue.com. It's a very easy way to get get to me. Uh, That's the email I will respond. Uh, the second way is if you fill out a form on, on our website, dentalrevenue.com, I get at least I get all the forms. Uh, I get copied on all the forms. So I'll see them just indicate within the, the summary that, that you'd like to talk to me about, about something. I'd be glad to talk to you. All right. Um, you know, kind of final thoughts is I'm assuming that people have gotten to the point of listening to this this podcast. If they've gotten to this point, they're very interested in marketing or understanding more. Um, if they are interested in marketing, need to make it a priority. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to come with a huge investment, but it does mean that you need to come with a willingness and understanding or willingness and 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 sort of the realization that this is important for your practice and where you want to take it. And if you have that feeling, whether you're a new practice or a DSO or a general practice or a specialized practice or have a particular specialty within a general practice, you know, you're going to be a step ahead of of many, many dental practices out there. So then from there, with that willingness, you have to create a, a plan to execute and then execute in stages so it doesn't become overwhelming. And if you do this, if you follow this sort of systematic uh, approach, you're going to be successful. But again, this becomes a very symbiotic relationship between you and a marketing company. And there's a lot of marketing companies out there that can help dentists. You know, I certainly think we have a unique uh, value proposition and we have a lot of great employees here, uh, great team members that know what they're talking about. But ultimately, it comes down to the practice. Again, glad to, really excited about the opportunity to, to talk with you today. Glad to share this information. Uh, I'd be more than interested to talk to anybody. If, if yeah, I think it's been great, Bill. Uh, you provided a ton of uh, what in my mind is very valuable content. Um, you know, I, I tell Dennis that I've worked with over the years and I've been working uh, in the profession for a little over 40 years now, if you can believe it two things is 
if you think about any business in any sector, the industry leaders tend to be marketing driven. You know, think about Apple as an example. Um, you know, there are marketers extraordinaire. They can get to where they are by kind of doing the same things that everybody else has uh, has done historically. They're uniquely successful. They price at a premium level as a result, and uh, that enables them to do so so much more. The other thing, and you you hit on this a little bit, kind of a, a systematic approach. I'm yeah. a believer that the best businesses also have systems and process um, that is the foundation that they that they build on. I tell folks. You know, the reason why a French fry and McDonald's tastes the same, whether it's in Virginia, California, Germany, or China, is because they've got a process for how those uh, French fries are prepared. doesn't make any difference who's doing it. You know, it's some minimum wage person, but they follow very specific steps each and every time and get a very predictable result as a consequence. And so I'm a believer in in marketing. I think it's uh, uh, really the the uh, shortest and best pathway to success. You obviously have to have the clinical capability uh, to deliver on uh, the promise and do what it is that you, that you hope to do uh, effectively. I think, uh, as I say, we've covered a lot of ground. I really appreciate you making the time available today. Once uh, we get this uh, fully produced, we'll uh, get a recording of the episode in your hands. I will keep you posted as my conversations with people uh, unfold. Awesome. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Stan. And, and, you know, it's a great opportunity and some great questions. And I think it turned out very well. So thanks so much. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much, Bill. Bye, guys. This has been Success Strategies for Dental Practice Owners. We hope you gain valuable insights and practical wisdom that will guide you on your journey to success with your practice. To visit Stan Kinder on the web, go to www.everythingdso.com. If you found today's episode helpful, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an opportunity to hear brilliant insights from dental industry insiders. Remember, whether you're planning your next strategic move, seeking ways to enhance your practice's value or dreaming of expanding your dental empire, we're here to guide you on your way to success.